Kobe going? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can pick up. That, that you sounded, want. Well, that sounded like conversational. Like, oh, are we going, Ted? <laughs> are we? <laughs> oh, are we going? Oh, yes. is this it? <laughs> yes, we're like, going. Very sarcastic. God. <laughs> oh, is this what a podcast is, Ted? <laughs> Please, Mr. Murphy. Like, by, if I'm ever on like a, you know a professional podcast, <laughs> oh, as opposed I'm, to this very amateurish I'm, one, <laughs> I'm sorry. What do you think this shit is? Yeah, I, I'm gonna start it. Like, I, I'm not gonna do it in an innocent way. Like, oh, is this? Have we started yet? Are we? Oh, we've started. I'm gonna do it like that. Like, oh, have we started? Oh, is this? What is this thing I'm talking into? I have no, like just be very like. And the host is going to be like, I never accused you of not knowing what a podcast was. God. Oh, didn't you? <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark Marin, God of all podcasts. Jesus. As if I'll be on WTF one day. Uh, okay. In this world, what are you promoting that you're on Mark Marin? <laughs> oh, gosh. I have no idea. <laughs> I think No Hugging, No Learning has just reached that the pinnacle of podcasting that he's like well we got to have this podcast on because well, where am i it, then? it's literally got two billion down you uh, <laughs> you get your own episode ted i wouldn't i wouldn't take that away from you We're oh not damn the, wow we get like episode. we get like two no hugging no learning episodes on wtf Jeez. yeah I, I think i think we become that big that we have to there's a download for every man woman and child on earth and then it's like, well, we got it. I got to talk to these guys. Jesus. And we give the exclusive to Mark Maron because we have mentioned, haven't we? I'm sure we've mentioned him on the podcast before. I, I mean, it's not like people don't know who Mark Maron is that are listening to this. Right, right. <laughs> oh, don't they, Ted? <laughs> I think this is everyone's first podcast. <laughs> God, in that case, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go check out WTF. Go listen to some episodes of WTF, and uh, and then come back to us. But a- after really after, explore a- after you're done listening to this, finish this episode. <laughs> oh yeah, then go listen to all 1,000 plus episodes of WTF. Yeah, and but- then go ahead and, and we'll be done with season five by then. And, and it's okay, you'll get done like very quickly. You just have to skip over the first 20 minutes of every episode. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It cuts everything in half. You'll be done in no time. <laughs> I, tr- I do try to listen to There are probably people who are like, oh, I never hear this part of the podcast because I always skip this until you guys actually start talking about the episode. Probably. But I, but I, I want those people to feel as bad as I do when I skip <laughs> Mark Maron's intro. Because, <laughs> well, you know, I'll just I'll, I'll hit like, you know, the five, the whatever it is, 10 seconds forward or whatever, just to see if he's talking about anything interesting. And then sometimes I will have to go back. I'm like, oh, he mentioned Joker. I want to hear, you know, what he said about filming you know being in that movie and filming that or he'll mention i don't know just i'll hear a name that i recognize i'm like all right what's he saying about them really and, and I'll, I'll, I'll have to I, i'll have to jog back a little bit i don't even do that i just listen for the guitar tone no. anywhere between like 12 minutes and 17 minutes that leads into the interview <laughs> yeah and, and like i'll just yeah, like yeah. hit forward until i i think that's how well, his guitar tone goes i literally haven't listened to the show in probably eight months <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I was way behind. On, I'm actually on one right now. That which is why I, I had that sort of routine in my head because I'm on the Edward Norton episode. Oh, I don't okay. know if that one's any good, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I, yeah. I become I become um, such a snob with uh, with WTF episodes. Like it, it was to the point where like okay, I'm only going to listen to an episode if I 
A, know who the person is, or B, uh, like the person, or uh, like what they're promoting. Now it's like, ugh, Danny DeVito's on WTF. I don't have time for this or something. But like, <laughs> there there will be episodes that I know I want to listen to. I just do not have the time to, and I'll just yeah. skip over them. I'm like, ugh. Can't I can't believe he's got Obama on again or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listened to the, that Danny DeVito one was probably the last one I listened to, and uh, it was pretty good. I like. <laughs> I I think I did listen to the Danny DeVito one actually, and it was it was <laughs> pretty course, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm on Edward Norton now, and I can't think of but uh but uh, that's what a thirty minute commute one way commute will do now is like i have plenty of time if it's not 40 oh my minutes god yeah i have plenty of time i'm, I'm like rolling through my podcast list you I'll, know i'll tell you what uh grace got me uh raycon headphones for christmas they're bluetooth wireless headphones and they're so nice, nice. i i would highly recommend yeah. uh getting a pair for your commute i like I, i'm an earbuds guy so i got wireless earbuds okay um for and and I love them. I do love the wireless. Oh my gosh, that's like game changing. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, what what kind of what kind of earbuds yeah. do you have? Uh, they're like I don't know. I just found them on Amazon and they had pretty good reviews. They're okay. not anything name brand. Okay. I forget well, what. Yeah, I mean, that, that's I what, what even they're called. That's what these are. They're they're just like in ear like old tune. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know the brand, but I mean that doesn't mean they're not good. But that, that's what that's what Raycons are. They're just like in ear buds that are Bluetooth. Oh. Oh, when you said headphones, I was I pictured like because those exist too, you know, over ear, yeah, overhead headphones. Yeah, I, I, I should have clarified. That's my bad. Um, but no, they're just like right, right. in ear buds. The one that I saw are those the ones that I saw Ray J advertising on yes. New Year's Eve. He he is the founder of the company. <laughs> That's 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 like a non-starter for me. Like when I saw that, I was like, "Well, I'll never, ever, ever buy that brand of earbuds." Dude, <laughs> honestly, they, they're uh, they're so good though. I uh, the, the the only thing they don't have uh, that I really wish they did, uh, and this is just because I know that um, AirPods have them, is live listening. Yeah. Uh, so you can like. What does that mean? Uh, it means that you can not be listening to something, and they'll still be in your ears. But the microphones on the outside of the of the buds act as though uh, you're not wearing them. They can they hear your surroundings for you because you know like when you have uh, earbuds in, it's almost like you have earplugs yeah. in. But with the live listening on earpods on AirPods, excuse me. Uh, th- they. Earpods. That's my off-brand uh, that I got. I got earpods. <laughs> well, earpods is actually another Apple thing. It- it's uh, AirPods. Oh my gosh. It's what they call their headphones now. It's earpods, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh, okay, interesting. But with live listening, uh, but so that that's really cool. Yeah, with live listening, it almost acts as like a hearing aid. Wow, that's that's awesome and almost like sneaky, you know, because people are like, oh, God, we can talk about that asshole because he's wearing AirPods. Uh-huh. He can't hear us. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, you, know what I've, you know what I've always actually thought about, Ted? And you're like, I was using live listen, and now I know what you think of me. <laughs> like, look at this pretentious Suckers. ass wearing his AirPods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, what? I yeah. heard everything you were saying. I heard everything you were saying. Though. Like, <laughs> oh, God, you had AirPods in, though. Like, but you didn't know about live listen. That's very helpful. <laughs> uh, we better get started. Yeah, in case you were wondering, no hugging, no learning. Not sponsored by Raycons or AirPods, but hey, uh, Ray J, if you want to sponsor us, I know you're. I know you're dishing out these sponsorships to literally every podcast. Hit us up. <laughs> 
Well, let's let's just put one in here, just assuming we'll get one afterwards. So go to Raycon.com slash no hugging. You get uh, 20% off your Ray, Ray Pods, and you also get a free download of Kim Kardashian Superstar. Oh, God, no. No. Yeah. Yes, you do. You do. And it's got our commentary on it. <laughs> is that That's going to be a Patreon exclusive if you don't buy... Uh, if you don't buy the no hugging, no learning uh, Raycons. <laughs> right, yeah. So, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's the show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we're talking about The Stall, which is Season 5, Episode 12. But before that, we did have a little bit of uh, homework to do from the previous episode, The Conversion. Yes, uh, did you did you have anything, or was it just me that wanted to talk about stuff? I have some episode notes, but I think you had the, just the only actual homework. Okay, so I wanted to look up like like exactly how old Brill Cream was because I had never heard of this. Uh, Tim, this was mm-hmm. invented in 1928. <laughs> Wow, uh, it, it, I'm I'm honestly not surprised. It is still around though, so I, I guess it's not like a, a super old thing. Um, but again, yeah. it comes back into uh, you kind of correcting me last episode, saying, "Well, it's not that it's an old product; it just means that it's back when George had hair." Which led me to think, "Okay, well, like when was Rogaine invented?" Because at the first sign of George going bald, he could have used Rogaine, right? Well, that episode aired. Yeah, yeah. That episode aired at the very end of '93. Rogaine was invented in 1986, so it, it, he, wow, he definitely could have said Rogaine, and it would have been a much more time timely reference yeah and it could have been but i guess maybe he was maybe he was going bald before 86 maybe you know i mean if you look at if you look at larry if you look at larry david like a picture of larry david with hair even when he was very young is rare you know really oh god i don't i don't think i've ever even seen that but it also would have fit in because i'm sure i don't know when it i don't know if you found out when it went over the counter but it was it was a prescription uh topical thing or whatever for the longest time rogaine was you had to like go to a doctor to get rogaine yeah oh i didn't even know that yeah yeah i remember the commercials rogaine with minoxidil and then it was like <laughs> and then it was over the counter and i always i always said i was like you know because obviously 86 i was still very young and i was like man if i ever start losing my hair i'm definitely going to start using that because i bet it works but here's the thing about it, it i've heard it works but the second you stop using it, if you stop using it on Monday, you're bald by Tuesday. Oh God! <laughs> like it really is like it really is like just you know a life support system that yeah, if you yeah. unplug it, you're dead. <laughs> oh Lord! And I... then I and then I stopped caring as much because I got into a, a, a business where I'm heard more than seen. So. <laughs> and also, hats exist. That's true too. That's true too. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're if you're that up, worried about it, you know, I just haven't I've been uh, I've just resigned myself, you know, much like George has probably and yet another thing I have in common with George. Yeah, that's super depressing. Yeah. Is there is there going to be a certain point where you shave your head? I, you know what? I, I, I suspect that will be the case, but I don't know. I think that just I think that just comes to you as an epiphany, you know, like it uh-huh. is time you know, or maybe like <laughs> other or maybe like other guys who shave their heads go, brother, come join us, you know, and I'm like, oh, now is time. I've been called, you know, you, you get the formal like invite from a bunch of bald guys in like dark cloaks. Yes, exactly. There's a ritual and a rite. Yeah, it's very much like a conversion ceremony. <laughs> Oh my you god! You are now one of us. It's all gone. <laughs> uh, okay, so what but here's why I'm worried about that because I think I've, I've mentioned it as well. I have an oddly shaped uh, skull and, and yeah. head, so eh, not excited about that either. You'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yep. Uh, what uh, What were some of your episode notes from uh, from last week? Well, I just I just wanted to uh, mention that uh, the writer on the episode, Bruce Kirschbaum, 
revealed later that he didn't know Latvian Orthodox was real. This is why, what? you know, back in 93, you couldn't just you couldn't just Google for your research. You had That's to just true. go, all right, let's make up a religion. And <laughs> yeah, he, his intention was to have a fictitious church. But then Kirschbaum got a bunch of thank you letters from the church for bringing attention to the Latvian Orthodox faith. <laughs> wow. OK. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, we just kind of gave it a pass as like it is a real thing. Like, honestly, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think you said it, too. Like, I had never heard of it. Yeah, I, I thought that they had known or uh, that there was someone like on the team that was Latvian Orthodox or or they just <laughs> knew somebody who was. I didn't know it was the case that they were trying to think of a made up religion. Yeah. And I wonder when they found out. I, I'm guessing it must have been during production, not afterwards, because otherwise the Latvian church would have been like, why did you we don't wear those hats. Our churches don't look like that. So I'm guessing that like the set designer was like oh latvian orthodox okay i will research what those look like and i'll make it look like a latvian orthodox church and, and then the writer was never the wiser that this all looks like religious iconography and stuff and so i'm guessing it was sometime around then otherwise the latvian orthodox church would have been you know maybe upset like hey that that's you got it all wrong yeah you know <laughs> we have a couple of rewrites uh, for you yeah yeah like please apologize for insulting our religion. We don't do any of that. Um, but uh, the exterior shots of the church, by the way, are the Russian Orthodox Cathedral of the Transfiguration of Our Lord in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Oh wow! So okay. The church itself is not Latvian Orthodox. It is Russian Orthodox. No, but it is. And they've in... been at civil war for. <laughs> oh God! No, but it is a uh, it is a church in New York, which is which is kind of cool. That's true. Yeah, a lot of uh, some of our exterior shots, especially recently, have been out in L.A. Um, and I guess that's all I got. Okay. Uh, all right, so we'll get into uh, – I messed all of this up last week, so I'm not going to this <laughs> week, although me drawing attention to it is going to cause some people to think <laughs> I'm messing it up. So we are not a research-heavy show. If you uh, if we miss something, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us a tweet, send us an email at nohugging or nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. Both of those links are either in the description of the episode or on the Apple podcast podcasts page because i looked a while ago and anybody who's listening to this on apple podcasts uh i've been saying yeah both these links are in the description they're not on apple podcasts i don't know if you've ever ever noticed that (laughs) so no i don't use that why not do they like take out stuff like that for some reason it's not that but uh on literally any other podcast app there's no character limit on episode description but on apple Podcasts, there's like Uh, a 500 character limit so i i just take out like the links and like a couple of other things normally to like uh, get it under that limit uh but the the links are on just the show page like wherever you look at all the episodes and there's a description there um, so uh, the, the email and the Twitter link are on the show description page on Apple podcasts. Uh, if you like what you hear, uh, please give us a five star rating and a written review on Apple podcasts. Um, and we will send you a no hugging, no learning sticker. Once we have those made, those do not exist yet. I am going to make it my life's mission to get those into existence in the year of our Lord <laughs> 2020. we're on the latvian orthodox calendar so we're a little behind (laughs) uh okay uh all that being said season five episode 12 the stall original air date january 6 1994 if you're looking in tv guide that night uh or actually january 6 1994 i was one year and 17 days old I, i this is the first episode since turning one for me 
That's right. Yeah, they took a little Christmas break, I guess. Exactly. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see Elaine agonizes over a woman's refusal to pass her some toilet tissue when she finds that her restroom stall is lacking. Okay. And we start with a stand-up bit as usual. And this is about how whales are supposed to be so intelligent, but Jerry says that the fact that whales beach themselves sometimes is evidence against that. I I don't know where... All of this came from like this seems like something he would have tried on the road and then like he's like well that what, why is this funny I don't know I don't really get it and and it's weird like finally someone's taking down whales you know it's like why yeah well, I, I thought this one kind of this was like this was like like C class Seinfeld humor <laughs> this was uh it, it wasn't great but it wasn't awful you know what I mean <laughs> I thought it was pretty bad. <laughs> I thought it, I, I thought it was just like okay. I thought it was like barely funny. Like obviously the words beach and close are not in their or shore and close are not in their vocabulary or something like <laughs> that. Like I don't know it. It seemed like it seemed like he just wants to know how whales communicate and just is, but is fine being ignorant of it. You know, I, uh, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't. It know, seemed like just uninformed. Yeah. Also, I don't know what this has to do. Uh, with the episode at all, there is a there is an episode regarding whales in the in Seinfeld, and I was like, oh, this must be that episode, <laughs> but uh, it, it totally wasn't. <laughs> yeah, like you, you were about to say, typically there's something that has to do. That's that's kind of the the premise of the show is like what happens in the show. He brings up on stage and makes his magic. Yeah, with yeah. It. We've seen that play out, but not in this case. There's no whales. Sorry, whale fans, if you were looking for it. <laughs> So we open with an exterior shot of the Metro Theater, and anytime we see an exterior like this, I like to do a little bit of a, a deep dive on it early, and boy, I found a lot of interesting information about the Metro Theater. Yeah. Uh, one, uh, a movie on the uh, marquee, by the way, I see is Age of Innocence, which is rated PG, which I will get to that. So it was kind of tough to track down, because that's that's kind of a, a common name, Metro Theater, you know, so it was kind of yeah. tough to track down exactly where it was. It was actually its neighbor, Little Leapers, spelled with two E's, uh, next door to it which is a it's a oh it's like a oh man what was it it's not a daycare i think it's like a kids clothing store or something like that so i was able to find out that the metro theater is at 2626 broadway between 99th and 100 hmm. streets and they showed their last movie in 2005 oh wow okay but yeah it opened in 1933 Whoa. and between 33 and 05 yeah it was home to an art house theater two national chains and as everything in New York was at one point, a porno theater, of course. <laughs> uh, and in, in 2016, so it was vacant from 05 to 20, uh, 2015. So over 10 years, it was just sitting there. Then plans were announced to turn it into a Planet Fitness, which never happened. And then in 2016, <laughs> they announced plans to turn it into something called Blink Fitness, which also never happened. And so I just went to Google Street View and found that it is still vacant. The space is still available. There's a number there that you can call to you know, finally buy and put something in the Metro Theater. Wow. Um, and I also noticed on, Little, on Street View that Little Leapers is now Lita's Beauty Lounge. <laughs> so... So long, little leapers. But here's here's more. I, I found so much information about this once once I was going. I went down an internet rabbit hole regarding the Metro Theater. A, a GoFundMe to turn it into a state of the art theater space and cinema raised over four thousand dollars to get it going, but was returned over engineering hangups, stuff with the current owner, just the overall cost. They were like, "Well, it's gonna, you know, it, it was you know a lot more than we thought it was gonna be." So they, I guess, all the money was returned to people after the GoFundMe closed. Huh. So the Metro Theater still vacant, but that beautiful marquee and all of the cool Art Deco 
decorations and stuff uh, are, are still there. So uh, it's it's there for the picking. Uh, Age of Innocence, by the way, opened on September 17th, 1993. And it's a Scorsese movie that I never even heard of. Huh. Is, yeah, is, it got five Oscar nominations, but bombed at the box office. Is this the movie that they were seeing? You know, I don't think that's ever mentioned. They they usually go see fake movies, you know, uh-huh. so uh, I don't think it's ever mentioned what they're seeing. But that is what is playing when they are at the or one of the movies that's playing oh, okay. when they're there. Because there was another one on the front of the marquee that I couldn't really make out. But yeah, uh, Winona Ryder got a Best Supporting Actress nomination for Age of Innocence. Oh, and wow. uh, it won the actor. Uh, it won the Oscar for costume design. It's also got Daniel Day-Lewis and Michelle Pfeiffer. But again, I've. Uh, I guess it was kind of a critical darling and kind of like, uh, but a deep cut for Scorsese. And um, I, I, because I'd never even heard of it. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, believe it or not, that's all I have for the the first exterior shot. And that's, it's on screen for like one second. But I was like, I got to, I need all of this information. (laughs) It took up like a whole one page of my notes. Jesus. So now we're inside the Metro Theater. I can't wait to, I can't wait to hear your deep dive for the inside of the theater. Yeah, well, here's when the stalls were put in. <laughs> uh, now we're looking at bathroom stalls, and Elaine is there. You can kind of see her uh, trademark. What do they call those shoes? Mary Janes or something like that? I have no idea. Uh, something like that. Those black and white kind of schoolgirl shoes. And she wears them with white socks, very normcore. And she realizes that she is out of toilet paper. There's someone in the stall next to her. She asks for some toilet paper. And the person in the other stall simply says they simply can't spare it. And Elaine asks for three squares. And we get a very famous Seinfeld quote here. I don't have, I can't spare a square. I don't have a square to spare. Uh, basically, they've just said that word, those two words over and over again because they rhyme in a very pleasing way to, you know, the Seinfeld uh, universe. Yeah. And so <laughs> the woman runs out. And in the theater, we find out that this woman is Jerry's date. And she starts explaining the sort of uh, back and forth that she had in the bathroom to him. Elaine comes back in and she is with Dan Cortez. Did you recognize this guy? No. Who is who is he? Oh, my. Dan Cortez was like Mr. 90s, Ted. He was a I don't know. I don't know what his what you'd say. He was just a TV host, I guess, because I don't know if he started in the world of stand up or anything like that. I always just knew him. He hosted a show called MTV Sports. Oh, so like this okay. character for him that we're going to we're going to find out is like just completely on brand for Dan Cortez. He oh, is Tony. Okay. I mean, yeah, see, I mean, it, I, it's almost like they probably wrote Tony thinking of Dan Cortez. <laughs> see, I, I didn't know who he was. I just thought like, OK, this guy's a perfect mix between uh, Anthony Kiedis and Will Arnett from Hot Rod. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Kiedis is a great, also, you know, also a Mr. 90s guy that probably <laughs> spent a ton of time with Dan Cortez, if I was going to guess. Uh, and MTV Sports was just like, do you remember that show at all? Does that ring a bell? No. I mean, you were probably you were probably one year, 17 days old when it was on. <laughs> um, it, it, would ju- it would just highlight, you know, the 90s, we, we were obsessed with extreme sports. And so that's what MTV Sports was. It was just like whatever that, you know, base jumping, bungee jumping was kind of new to to everybody back then i i mean i'm i'm pretty certain that you know the 90s is when that at least rose to popularity <laughs> if it if not was invented yeah um but anything people were windsurfing whatever people were doing that was extreme dan cortez was there and uh, he would report on it for mtv sports <laughs> hell yeah and, but i but i i don't know what he was doing at this point so we might have to do a deep dive on dan cortez uh next week just to see if this is one of those non cameo cameos you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah. Oh God, I'm looking uh, up like his photo now. I'm yet. looking up his photo now, and like he doesn't look like he's changed much. Probably, probably not. Like he cut his hair, but that, that's oh. it. He still looks like a total bro. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh yeah. Oh god. There's oh, and, one. Uh, he's he, got a yeah, soul he, patch. Oh, pro- yeah, yeah. Does he have one now? <laughs> no, he doesn't have one now. Oh. The the other thing he was really ex- associated with was the Rock and Jock B-ball game. So the, it was like an all-star game that MTV would put together full of actual athletes and then musicians and stuff. And so that went on for a very <laughs> long time. And they did the Rock and Jock softball game, too. I always loved watching those because, you know, they were funny. Everyone, you know, they'd have comedians and actors and athletes on. And everyone was trying to be funny. And, and they were like pranks pulled during the game and stuff. And But Dan Cortez was definitely, boom, front and center. Right there. And I remember he had like a feud, like a, a friendly feud going with one of the actors from Baywatch named David Chokichi. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's another great 90s reference right there. And they'd go back and forth. And so great memories of Dan Cortez that were obviously unearthed just seeing him in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Elaine is also explaining to Tony, I'm going to struggle not to call him Dan Cortez, also explaining to Tony what happened in the bathroom. But Tony is uh, like Jerry is kind of like, like giving his girlfriend lip service like, oh, yeah. Can you believe some people? But Tony's like, where's my popcorn? You forgot my popcorn and He's stuff like, ba- like that. Babe, babe, um, where's my popcorn, babe? Babe, yeah, babe, where's my popcorn, babe? And Elaine and Jerry, you find out, have not seen each other. They were going to meet up at the theater, but they haven't seen each other. You know, when Elaine says something like that, Tony just asks if he could jump off that balcony and not get hurt. You think if I jumped <laughs> off that balcony, I'd get hurt. Which I, so again, I, he hasn't been listening. Which I know is like, like you just said, him not listening and him kind of being yeah. like broy '90s, like extreme sports guy. <laughs> but part of me wants yeah. to think that it's just him hating listening to Elaine complaining about this. <laughs> that he's just trying to think of any way to kill himself. Yeah, it's like a, it, it's a, it's a, it's a sly insult that he was too dumb to keep inside his head. Yeah, like oh god, what can I jump off of to end this? And then he just <laughs> said it because it's extreme, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Extreme! And he's dumb. And he's dumb. <laughs> Back in Jerry's apartment, Jerry is on his computer, which is interesting. I can't tell what he's doing, but we haven't seen him work on this very often. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting, but he's you know he's hard at work on that like you know eight inch screen with uh you know his whatever it is a tiny little Apple two GS or whatever. Uh, Kramer comes in. We get a good shot, by the way. There was a lot of great background stuff in this episode i gotta say because we get another great shot our first in a long time of jerry's vhs collection and it has been shuffled a little bit oh and so we get a shot of goodfellas on vhs oh another scorsese reference this is crazy what's huh. going on wow okay somebody somebody there was an obsessive fan who was like designing the set <laughs> or writing the episode like no age of innocence must be on the marquee goodfellas has to be visible <laughs> uh, behind that is Back to the Future Part Three, I believe. Oh God! And, which is the last of the series, which would <laughs> which would have come out a couple of years before. I think ninety one was when that came out. And uh, then it looked like it said. Uh, now that I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, maybe it said Sin City with an N, but it really looked like Sim City with an M, huh. which is the popular computer program. You know, where you build a city and. Have you ever played SimCity? I mean, that's where the Sims come from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know if he, maybe it was, because video games came in big boxes like that, and he's got a computer that would have been able to handle SimCity, so maybe it was, and they just stuck it up there. But then again, maybe it's a movie called Sin City. I don't know. And then also just a, a, a world, just a video cassette that says World Cup. So maybe it's an old <laughs> World Cup game or something like that. It's really weird. But Kramer wants to use Jerry's phone in his bedroom, and... Jerry's like, it's not for one of those 976 numbers, is it? Which uh, I am only like familiar with. Like they were 900 numbers, I think, by the time I was with it. I, I don't remember when 976 was a thing, but I know there's also a movie called 976 Evil, and it was a an exchange that was just associated with phone sex line. Yeah. Have you ever heard of 976? I I hadn't heard of 976, but I know what like one 900 numbers are. 
Yeah, it, basically the same thing. But I don't know. I might have to do a little research on that and find out what what the deal with nine seven six numbers were because I know also they were you know you had to pay to call them mm-hmm. just like nine hundred. But I don't know when the switch was made between nine seven six and nine hundred. And if nine seven six was everywhere, maybe it was just a New York City thing. I, I have no idea. Maybe um, we get another shot of some VHS tapes here. Child's Play two, Ooh. which I got to respect Jerry for. I I liked Child's Play two. I think maybe even better than it may be the best of the whole series. So that's cool. And he's got Navy SEALs. And then he's got a, a VHS of Gold Rush, which it says also on the side is a Charlie Chaplin movie. So <laughs> Jerry with the old school comedy. You know? Okay, okay. Yeah, he respects his elders. Uh, and also maybe he just like, you know, we, we know he likes old, like super old, old, old stuff too. So maybe he thinks that's when comedy peaked <laughs> as well. Charlie Chaplin. Never got funnier than that. Because that's the only comedy on his uh, on his VHS shelf. Yeah. So yeah, because I mean, back, back to the Hello, future. Lady? Back to the future part three wasn't comedy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, sci-fi. Well, it's, it's funny certainly, but oh no, yeah, I, sci-fi I was, comedy. I was just making a jab at how it was like critically oh. awful. <laughs> right. I love all of them. I mean, I, I I don't discriminate on the Back to the Future trilogy. I love all of them. Elaine comes in and Jerry mocks Pretty Boy Tony. Hey. Tony and he like flips his <laughs> collar up and does kind of a funny bro impression and this is also like in the Seinfeld greatest hits I, I love the little dance he does and the walk it's 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 pretty funny you you thought so I just thought it was like yeah uh, I, I thought it was uh funny at first and then like the second time he does it I'm like okay how many times is Jerry gonna do this this episode <laughs> and just go hey Tony yeah. hey hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> and just like pop his collar and like that that's his that's his full impression of Tony. Tony doesn't do anything other yeah, than pop yeah. his collar and say his name and hey. Hey, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you wanted to like really up and maybe he hasn't spent enough time around it but but like say babe over and over again be babe. Hey babe, <laughs> it's Tony. Hey. Hey babe. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it's petty, but they're they're also they both are always petty about who the other person is dating. You know, oh, yeah. it's just it just comes with their relationship. You know, so Elaine starts telling the toilet paper story to Jerry. You wouldn't believe what happened to me at the theater, and Jerry immediately puts it together in his head, like, oh my gosh, this is the lady that my girlfriend was telling me about. And so he starts kind of trying to defend his date, who we find out now is named Jane mm-hmm. um, in, in a couple seconds. But, you know, he starts defending her like, oh, maybe the other person really couldn't spare it. And, <laughs> you know, Elaine says that she'll never forget. Uh, and she uses the, the, the descriptor here, flinty. She'll never forget that flinty voice. And, and so if she ever hears it again, watch out. And this reminded <laughs> me of the piano player episode and the laugh, you know, Elaine's laugh and kind of that. She was like, I'll never forget that laugh. I don't know if I. You remember that? I don't. Uh, the Pez dispenser was the name of the. Episode. Oh, that's right. That's right. I, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember what Elaine's talking about though. Jerry puts the Pez dispenser, the Tweety Pez dispenser, on yeah. Elaine's knee, and she yeah. laughs right in the middle of the piano oh, player's. Oh, that's right. Um, yep. Yep. You're right. Recital. Right. And the piano player is like, I'll never forget that laugh because yep. it totally threw her off and ruined the performance. And and it, you know, and so it, it kind of reminded me of uh, of that whole thing because Elaine kind of says the Elaine was caught by someone who said, I'll never forget this. And so now she's like, you know what? I'll um I I've got a vendetta against a voice, and when I hear it again, look out. <laughs> um, there's an extra danger involved because they're supposed to be going on a double date on Saturday, and so Elaine and Jane will be in the same room. Elaine picks up the extension to call Tony and Kramer is on the phone he's he has called a sex line he's calling himself Andre and they're talking about a, a sexual encounter in a cab <laughs> uh, you know and he's like what about the driver and and stuff like that and um and then what what's why did I write hilarious here in quotes <laughs> 
Does that, does that mean anything to you? Uh, oh, no, I know why. I know why. Because he says, oh, Jerry, you got to call these phone sex lines. They're hilarious. Which did, to does me, he say like, hilarious? He, yeah. Yeah, he does. Okay. And it seems like... And it seemed, did you ever have a friend in probably high school or middle school who like would I don't know I'm try, I'm trying to ha- figure out how to like they were obviously very interested in pornography but also like knew that it was taboo and so to get around the taboo they would go oh look at this picture it's so funny you know oh you got to watch this video <laughs> she makes the funniest sound with blah blah does, does that ring a bell to you at all uh, no not really I don't think. I, I know it's something that, like, you know, middle school and high school guys do just to get around the taboo, like I yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if... porn and wanting to... I don't yeah. know if that ever happened in my school. I'm not sure. It just reminds... It, it, it's totally what Kramer is doing right now. Like, he's definitely getting off talking to phone sex lines, but he has to pass it off as, like, oh, I'm doing it as a prank, bro. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It's a total prank. You know? <laughs> Oh, oh my god chill it's a prank <laughs> oh my gosh it's just a prank oh man they're you should call them they're funny he specifically points out i guess i thought this was not communicated as well but he's like you've got to call this erica i guess that's the woman he was talking to and i don't know i thought that could have been communicated a little bit better because jerry's like you know that voice it, it, it sounded familiar to me yeah, and, and Kramer even says, you have to call Erica because of the voice she uses. And, yeah, yeah. And Jerry hears Erica talking on the phone, and, and, and that's, what you're, that's what you're pointing out, is because Jerry recognizes it, but he just can't piece it together, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it just sounded familiar to him, so... And then in the car, Jerry is giving Elaine a ride uh, somewhere on his way to somewhere else, I guess. And Jerry mocks Tony again, like you mentioned. Oh, he calls him Hunky, Hunky Tony. <laughs> hey, um, hey, Tony. Yeah, and Elaine wants to know, you know, she she is adamant that she's not dating him just for his looks, but says if I was, what would be the problem with that? Men do it all the time, and Jerry says it's two different things. Men are expected to be superficial, which is kind of a weird defense. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> and Tony is a, a male bimbo. He's a mimbo. Also, he mentions that he thinks George has a non-sexual crush on Tony. <laughs> I I did I, I know that we've had like a few very bad like B storylines. I really yeah. really enjoyed this B storyline, especially for just how out of nowhere it appears. Just like this, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it was it was like the next shot is George with Tony at Monk's <laughs> and he's enraptured with him. Like Tony is telling a story where he's like, So I said, Hey dude, you better step off. And George is like absolutely taken aback, like just so like that he would have said step off to somebody. Like step off? You said step off? Oh, man. Tony. Oh, man. Tony. He's so giddy. Like uh, he's so enamored with everything that Tony is doing, even to the point where Tony uh, puts uh, his, his super 90s starter New York Giants baseball cap on backwards, and then George, already wearing his hat, spins his hat backwards to match Tony. <laughs> yeah, what do you call... George had, like, an elastic band on... <laughs> what do you call that? Because it's not... Like, these days it might be, like, Flex Fit, but they don't even have that band. I, have I don't know no if there's a name for that, but it's no- very normcore. I have no idea. <laughs> 
his hat was very it was like a plaid sort of thing and it was that that elastic band to me just screams normcore i thought it was thought it was very uh, very nice um and and as you mentioned that starter logo on the back of the hat brought back also a flood of 90s memories <laughs> to me i mean everything that was like the number one brand and it reminded me i mean uh, this might be uh, just to go off topic for a second i am i to understand that like champion is now like a really expensive cool streetwear brand uh yeah it is it's not that what the f- like I saw somebody yeah go ahead it's not that it's uh super expensive but it's just uh the trend right now I mean you can get like super expensive champion stuff but also you can still get like champion tees for like five bucks or something like go to like Boscovs or something or uh, uh or, yeah, or, I, or what's like a, I saw somebody who what's a good uh, department store that's not uh regional specific to Pennsylvania uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, Belk? Oh no, Belk is like also really uh, <laughs> J.C. Penny. Yeah, How about sure. J.C. Penny, they're still open, right? Yeah, yeah, they're still open in some locations. Uh, I, I think they have champion stuff. So I saw someone who like always dresses fashionably wearing a champion sweatshirt, and I'm like, what in the like? Champion's like the Walmart brand, you yeah. know? Like, forget a five dollar T-shirt, you get like a five dollar hoodie at yeah. Wal- and like, but it's so. Do you know where that came from? I have no idea. I have no idea. Wow. Well, I'm going to go get ready for the next trend, and I'm putting everything into Gildan. I'm just going to wear Gildan there. I want a Gildan logo on the front. I want it all over the... I think that's going to be... If if Champion is... Like, Gildan's on deck. Like, they, Champion... Gildan's up next. You know what uh, t-shirt company I've seen, like, some sponsored ads from that are trying to, like, jump on the streetwear trend? Hmm. Is it just regular old Hanes? No, it's Fruit of the Loom. No? Oh, the other one. Yes, wow. yes. I think they've got an uphill battle. <laughs> they I just mean, don't have a cool logo. They, it's fruit. It is fruit, but I'll tell you, some of their some of their like designs for their like their streetwear line, uh yeah. they, they look pretty good. Wow. Have they signed their deal with Post Malone yet? Post EX. <laughs> Fruit of the Loom. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sure that's on the way. F- fruit of the Maloom. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so George, uh, you know, he's, he's very excited to be spending time with Tony, and he throws out an idea. You know what we should do? Bowling. Which, <laughs> I mean, you could look at Tony and go, he's not interested in bowling. George looks like a bowler. Tony does not look like a bowler. I thought I thought this was a, a misstep by George. And it's obvious because Tony comes out right away and he says, There's no you don't get a rush. There's no rush from bowling. And George <laughs> says, Drop a ball on your toe. Tell me you don't get a rush. As if that's like you know, an attractive part of bowling. <laughs> yeah, like that that's uh that's a normal part of bowling is everyone's gonna obviously yeah. drop a ball on their foot. Yeah, you wanna rush, then do get to the part where you drop the ball on your foot. <laughs> uh but so Tony suggests something that he's interested in, and that's rock climbing. And George is down. He says, uh, you know, I'm down for some rock climbing. Uh, and Tony's like, how about we climb a rock manana? And George is like, mm, manana might not be good. I'm getting a boil lance manana. <laughs> also, not cool. Not cool to do. I mean, it's healthy to do, but not cool to talk about with a bro. Yeah. An extreme sports bro. <laughs> And uh, I'm getting a boil lanced manana is what he says. And then Kramer comes in and uh, Tony invites Kramer to go. And so George is like, well, now that Kramer and Tony definitely have a rock climbing date, I'm down. You know, mark me down. Oh, yeah. Because uh, he can't let Kramer spend alone time with with Tony if they're, you know, if they've got solid plans. So yeah. and uh, now he's going to go rock climbing. At what point does George mention that he's going to make sandwiches? 
When does that come up? Oh, it's it's before Kramer comes in. Okay. Because yeah, that's what he's excited about immediately. Like if there's an outing, he's like, "Well, I gotta bring food." <laughs> <laughs> and and then and I know it was before Kramer because when Kramer, he's like, "Well, you can't. That's too many sandwiches, Kramer." <laughs> like that's that's the reason Kramer can't go. <laughs> we won't have enough sandwiches for you. You can't come rock climbing. God, that that sounds like the pettiest like high school reason as to why someone can't hang out with one <laughs> friend group. It's like, uh, sorry, you can't hang out with us. We don't have enough sandwiches for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't need a sandwich. Uh, but yeah, we everyone's gonna be eating sandwiches, and we don't want to. You know, you'll, you're gonna. Uh, sorry, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> Over in Jerry's apartment, Elaine is just cracking up at the idea of George going rock climbing, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a hilarious concept. <laughs> and that's all she's saying, Adam, rock climbing? <laughs> <laughs> and I love this. She's like, you need a boost to get into your bed at night. <laughs> Which is a solid burn. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jerry is like, so what are you like? You know, Tony's sidekick now. And Jer- George is like, yeah, and I love it. He was like, it's my first cool. He's a cool guy. You know, it's the first cool guy I've been a friend with. And Jerry also was like, cool guy. What are you in eighth grade? <laughs> uh, but this also we've been comparing his little crush to, you know, an eighth grade crush. Uh-huh. And it's, you know, he's like, it's my first cool friend. And then Kramer comes in and George is mad at Kramer. For you know, horning in on his invite uh, and going to the thing, but even though Tony didn't know this was supposed to be like a bro date, you know, uh-huh. he just wants to. He just wants people to go rock climbing. Yeah, he just uh, want, and he just so, wants to hang out with friends and go rock climbing. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It's not a one-on-one thing to him. But you know, George is upset, and Kramer's like, "I think you're in love with him." And I think for a second, George considers that fact. You know, like I think he's, <laughs> you know, he, he's he's struck silent for a second. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like, uh, no, no, I'm not, you know, stuff like that. And then Jane calls, and you know, to talk. Uh, I, I guess Kramer must answer the phone because he recognizes the voice. Yeah, and it's throaty, and he uses this word, flinty, throaty, and flinty. And by now, like, you know, this is. I guess we're supposed to like the audience in the first scene must know, like, oh, that's Jane. Jane is Erica. Erica's Jane. They just haven't figured it out yet. Or, or do you think it's supposed to be a mystery at this point? I I don't think it's supposed to be a mystery. Like, definitely at this yeah. point, uh, I pieced it together. Yeah, like we're supposed to know something the characters don't. Yeah, I I think so. And yeah. also, uh, before, I didn't know if it was just poorly written or if that was the case. I I, I think that's the case. Uh, before Jane calls, though, did you see uh, Elaine laying down on the couch and just like enjoying everything that was currently unfolding? Like they, they pan over to the couch to show <laughs> Elaine, she's just laying down, just like g- not giggling, but just smiling at George's <laughs> turmoil. No, I did not see that. That's a, that's a hilarious reaction. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> so now uh, we're at the rock, some uh, big green screen rock, and they have like the characters, like very tiny characters in this giant rock on the green screen. That <laughs> uh, I wonder where they found it. Do you need a giant green screen for that? Or were they like, uh, what do they call matted in? You know, like was it a matte shot where they were able to get a, them on a green screen and then shrink that down and put it on a bigger picture i guess that's probably what happened there i don't know probably Um, it looks it it doesn't look great though but it's (laughs) it's kind of funny but and kramer is like loose and loving and he's like flying around the rock on his uh rope and uh, and george is like clinging for dear life to the side of the rock how he's made it up (laughs) as far as he has is crazy yeah he's uh he's a higher than tony i i don't I yeah. don't get that. <laughs> when you're learning to rock climb, is that the way? Does he, is the instructor below you and you go up ahead or something like that? No, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I've only been rock climbing yeah. once and it wasn't like a, a free climb like this. 
Yeah. You well, you've done more than me. What what was your rock climb like? Uh, it was like maybe like thirty, forty feet, and like the uh, instructor was already at the top. Ah, and so were you kind of like being pulled up, or were you you were you were no. grabbing onto no we uh we were stuff and pushing yeah we were on a harness and like the the rope was like looped through our harness uh so like yeah. if, if we let go like it would catch us yeah well and they, these they are they're not free climbing like they are on ropes you yeah know? because Tony tells he just kind of yells up like tie that knot I don't know if he tells George does he tell George specifically he 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 yells up and he tells just both of them uh what, what yeah. is what does he say? He says to take the rope, thread it through the carabiner, and knot it. Then he'll climb up to them. Yeah. And then at that point, Kramer tells George to knot it. But George is just busy grabbing a sandwich because Tony yells up to George, George, you have any of those sandwiches? And George's, oh, yeah, y- yeah, yeah, just just a second, Tony. <laughs> Well, and th- so thank goodness George brought sandwiches because Tony, you know, was hungry. Exactly. Uh, but instead of that does mean instead of tying the knot that uh, Tony falls from the rock. Yes. Because, you know, you see a, there's a shot of the rope just like being pulled through all of the carabiners and harnesses that it was being pulled through. And then eventually he just drops and, yeah. and Tony hits the hits the ground. Uh, presumably to his death. Yeah, well, we wouldn't be surprised because that's happened in Seinfeld before. <laughs> it, I mean, people just fall to their death all the time. It has. And, and, uh, and like, nothing, you know. We don't yeah. get any sign of life, like, call from him saying, like, I'm okay! Or just, <laughs> uh, just, like, groan. It's just, uh, and that's it, yeah. you know? Yeah, from a great height. <laughs> or or so we yeah, think, we wouldn't be, anyway. Yes, yeah. Because uh, back in Jerry's apartment... Jane won't give Jerry a napkin like they're eating pizza and he needs a napkin and she just says she can't spare it very in character for Jane and she won't share her paper products and she has to go to work a job that she hasn't told Jerry about because it's very boring she says but it's still like all right, well, I don't care if it's boring. We're getting to know each other. We're dating. What do you do for a living? You know, I mean, again, this is like we know something the characters don't. Yeah. But it's just like, I mean, it, it isn't. It is weird. Like if you've been on whatever this is, like three or four dates with somebody, it's like, what do you do is normally first date converca- conversation. You yeah. Know? Th- this isn't. Or maybe a... pre-date texting conversation. Yeah. Th- this isn't like a third or fourth <laughs> date conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess it is if you're a phone sex worker, but not in any normal. It would. Give, it would give anybody pause, you know, and Jerry just seems to be like, you know, oh, it's boring. Oh, okay. All right. I'm happy with that answer. Like, what? Okay. All right. Um, yeah, he's not suspicious at all. He goes to the bathroom and Jane buzzes Elaine up. And so that means that Jerry immediately puts together in his head that Elaine has heard that voice again that she said that she would never forget. Mm-hmm. And so earlier, Jane was like, oh, I, am I, is my breath garlicky? garlicky? Do you have any gum? And he's like, no, it's fine. But then he starts loading her up with gum, like a ton of gum, so that by the time Elaine gets up there, she won't hear any more of the voice because <laughs> Jane is chewing so many pieces of gum <laughs> that her voice is muffled, and she's just kind of saying, stuff like that. (laughs) And so she leaves, and Elaine's like, what's with the gum? And Jerry's like, well, I don't know. She always, he could have just said, oh, she thought her breath was really bad and wanted to chew some gum. But no, he like gives her this very odd character trait. She chews a lot of gum all the time. It's really crazy. Um, You know, it's really a problem. We may not be able to go out on Saturday because of the gum. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah, he, he says it's too embarrassing but like, yeah. I, I I don't know why he has to like fake throw her under the bus like this. Yeah, yeah. He even says like, 
Oh, why does she chew so much gum? Oh, she's one of these people that always has to be different. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> oh, you know those people. Oh, I always have to be different. And so chewing a mal- uh, chewing a, a bunch of gum that even a ball player wouldn't put in is is what she does <laughs> to be different. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, George and Kramer are plotting outside Jerry's door uh, rather loudly as to how they're going to break the news to Elaine about Tony's fall. And they're getting very loud about, you know, who who was to blame, whose mm-hmm. fault it was, Kramer or George's, what they're going to say to Elaine. And so Jerry hears him and opens the door. And so they start kind of uh, both explaining what happened. And eventually one of them says Tony took a tumble, which I thought was a, a yes. funny, uh, funny way to put it. Also, and, b- yeah, before yeah. I, I want to point this out, before we learn anything of Tony's status, uh, the first thing that Elaine says to George and Kramer is you're alive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you're alive. <laughs> yeah, which is which is, you know, kind of even funnier considering what they're about to tell her. Uh-huh. Uh, but also the first thing that she says after, you know, Tony took a tumble is his face. <laughs> what happened to his face? And they're like, well, you know, he went to the hospital. He's going to be fine. Yeah, but his face. What happened to his face? Uh, and so she runs out to go by Tony's side to see what's happening over at Elaine's apartment is the next time we see her and Tony, who is completely bandaged. I mean, his entire face is completely bandaged. And Elaine is sort of interrogating him, sort of poking for information about like, you know, what did the doctor say? Do they mention anything like skin grafts or scarring or gross deformities? <laughs> uh, at, at any time, do they say the words radical reconstructive surgery? <laughs> and he's like, babe, I don't remember. You know, I'm kind of, lo- you know, fuzzy because of the medication. And so he's he's he doesn't remember anything. Tony says like, yeah, I was on a lot of medication. It was kind of like a haze. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's going to enjoy whatever pain medication they give him <laughs> for this. <laughs> Definitely. George stops by to see how Tony is. Did he bring something? Oh, yeah, he brings uh, um, Superman comics and a box of chocolate. So he hands <laughs> Elaine like the typical yellow. What's that brand? Uh, it starts with a W. Oh, like that brand Whitman's? they sell at like every convenience store. Is Whitman's, it? yes, a box of Whitman's chocolate <laughs> and Superman comics. <laughs> Which Tony is very excited about. When he sees the Superman comics, he like motions over to Elaine. Bring those over here right away, immediately, by <laughs> Superman comics. Um, <laughs> and so we have a, uh, a Superman reference here in this oh, episode. Yeah, that's it's not right. in Jerry's apartment. but So it's a rare non-Jerry apartment Superman sighting. Um, and, he's, as, and Tony tells George something I'm sure George never wanted to hear from Tony. George, step off. Oh. oh, I mean, that must have broke. Like, you could probably do it frame by frame and see the point where George's heart actually broke. <laughs> like the like the Simpsons, uh, whenever Ralph exactly gets his heart like broken. Ralph. Just the... <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> you can pinpoint the exact moment his heart breaks. Hearing step off from his idol. I mean, I, I can't imagine how devastating that was. Uh, and, and he's like, all right, well, you know, you know, next time. And then Tony says there won't be a next time there won't be any next time and george is just ejected and so elaine you know closes the door but just to add insult to injury she's like oh my gosh george and he's like yeah what he's like can you take this trash down (laughs) (laughs) incredible yeah yeah just a total dick move from elaine but hilarious (laughs) back in jerry's apartment he's getting a massage from jane and it's kind of funny we get a call back to a couple episodes ago episode nine the masseuse he says i've been waiting a while for this (laughs) which is cool which is funny Great callback. Oh, I've been waiting a while for this. And then Kramer comes in and he's introduced. And when Jane says, hello, Kramer, he 
like shakes. You know, he <laughs> he does like a typical Kramer take, and his whole body convulses. And uh, there, he's going to the YMCA or something like that. And uh, she's she's leaving too. She's going the same direction. She's like, "Oh, do you want to split a cab?" And Kramer goes, "Well, what about the driver?" Which is a callback <laughs> to the call with Erica that he had earlier about their sexual tryst in a cab. What about mm-hmm. the driver? Um, and so he's like acting very nervous, and and he's like, "Oh, you know what? I decided not to go. I don't want to go anymore. We're not going to go, and I don't want to go." And and then he uh, just kind of. Uh, she leaves at that point. And by the way, we do get a great hand-drawn Superman on the fridge behind Jane in the shot. Whoa. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's like a kid's drawing of Superman. It's really, uh, I wonder where it came from. You know, whether it's like a production assistant's kid and they got to put it on the fridge or something. I don't know. It's a, it's a very interesting uh, picture that's on the side of the fridge. Uh, but so Jane leaves and Kramer tells Jerry that she is Erica. And then they have this exchange that I don't know whether I liked it or not. What did you think of like... You know, oh, you're crazy. Am I crazy? Or did you just blow your mind? Oh, get she's not Erica. Oh, am I? Is this insane? Or am I the only? You know, they do that a couple times. Did did you like that? Eh, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Um, but it was yeah. it was kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, three was like the max that we could have handled for that gag, and and maybe even yeah, and, and like I I guess it was okay. I, I just couldn't decide if it was funny or not. I'm like, is this is this funny? I don't know. I I don't. <laughs> I was like, am I enjoying this? I can't tell. I don't think it was necessarily funny. Uh, I I do think it went on a little long, but <laughs> it, it wasn't. It, yeah. it wasn't uh, something that's going to take you out of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, like I've never seen this on the Seinfeld Greatest Hits that, that I mentioned. <laughs> you know, Seinfeld Funniest Clips YouTube video. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make it on there. But it seems like they were trying to. You know, like, they were trying to write a hit song. Yeah. You know, they were trying to write, like, oh, this is a good, this is a funny exchange. This is classic Kramer. And it, like, and it just wasn't, you know. Yeah. Like, I think that's oh, where man, I'm landing on This is going to be our new hit single. It's going to be number one on radio in two weeks. And it peaks at number 38. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then it's gone the next week. Totally Mm -hmm. drops off the Hot 100. Yeah. Uh, So over at Monk's, uh, Elaine is talking to Jerry and, you know, she says, what if Tony looks like? And Jerry goes, oh, you're worried he's going to look like Zippy the Pinhead. Have you heard of Zippy the Pinhead? Nope. So Zippy the, luckily I know about this. This is another sweet 90s reference. Uh, Zippy the Pinhead was a, uh, like a Sunday morning comics character that uh, was almost like Conehead ish shaped okay and had like one little strand of hair on top that i think had a bow in it uh sometimes (laughs) i don't remember what comic zippy the pinhead was from we might have to just uh give a little bit more info of that on the next episode but it's also obviously a completely dated reference yeah a a little bit (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> and Elaine comes clean about just dating him for his looks. Like, it's all right. He's, fu- yeah, of course, he's a mimbo, but he's my mimbo. <laughs> um, and Elaine starts really breaking down, like, you know, wondering, she's like, well, maybe I, maybe I could learn to love him no matter what he looks like. Maybe it is what's on the inside. And Jerry uh, is completely ignoring her and has ignored. He's like, I, um, I'm sorry, I didn't get any of that. Is that Kramer over there? <laughs> <laughs> Which we've seen them do this a couple times to each other. You know, maybe it's always Jerry who is like, you know, anytime actual feelings start getting discussed, he clocks out. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, my God. I never yeah, I, never even thought of that. Jerry Seinfeld just <laughs> doesn't have any, like, actual emotional, like, scenes. Yeah, yeah. And anytime anyone is, like, you know, talking about something real, I feel like he's done this to George before. Like, oh, I'm sorry, what were you saying? You know, I, I like, I wasn't <laughs> listening when you were... You know, un- unloading your soul to me, your closest friend, which is what friends are for. But I just don't I just don't listen to that. Um, and so it is Kramer over there. And Erica is going to meet Kramer at Monk's. Uh, he somehow worked out 
the uh, you know the uh, a meetup, and so right at that moment, Jane walks in, and Jerry says, "Oh, hello, Erica." And Jerry accuses her immediately of, as he says, selling sexual pleasure over the phone. Jesus Christ. Uh, we know <laughs> we know Jerry is disgusted by uh, sex workers of any type, whether they're in the pornographic industry or he considers masseuses, masseusai. He considers them in the same category. And so, of course, phone sex workers are going to be completely disgusting to puritanical Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> But Jane, you know, this it, this scene played out kind of weird because normally, you know, Jerry would be given his comeuppance and this would kind of be the end of the scene. She's like, I sell paper goods, you jerk. And it's like, oh, Jerry was wrong the whole time. You know, just like, for instance, when he was accusing Skylar of cheating on him with his cousin or whatever it was, like he was wrong the mm-hmm. whole time and he blew yeah. it because of his suspicions. Like, <laughs> like, oh, OK, so they were both wrong. She's not a phone sex operator. She sells paper goods. Elaine asks for a, a tissue uh, for her nose, I guess because maybe Jane had one or, at the moment or something like that. But anyway, Jane says she can't spare it. And Elaine uh, all of a sudden has the flash of uh, the fact that this is the person that was in the stall next to her. Uh, Jane starts going to the bathroom and Elaine, you know, I was going to say follows her, but she like sort of overtakes her and runs into the bathroom <laughs> before her. Um, and Jane has a funny reaction to that, looking back at Jerry like, what is wrong with all you people? You know, which is a, something that the gang gets a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, what is wrong with you people? Um, and they end up having the same conversation in the theater. You know, now, but now it's Jane who doesn't have any toilet paper in her stall and Elaine who says she can't spare a square. I don't have a spare. I don't have a square to spare. And she runs out of the bathroom with about five or six rolls of toilet paper (laughs) (laughs) and dumps them on Jerry. You know, she gives them all to Jerry, which is funny because obviously she knows now that Jerry knew it was Jane the whole time Mm -hmm. and he didn't tell Elaine. (laughs) And so then Jane finally comes out and says to Jerry, don't call me anymore. And then before she leaves, she leans in and whispers in Kramer's ear, you either. And then leaves (laughs) and they both kind of do a you know a, a, a take at each other where they open their eyes wide like it was Erica. I, I, I'm so I'm, I'm glad that you uh, attempted to do like the super breathy voice to to distinguish between the <laughs> yeah. two because like even on the captions it says sexy voice you either. <laughs> I wish I would have said throaty and flinty voice you either. <laughs> I don't even know what flinty means. What does flinty mean? I have no idea. Do you know what that? Because to me, like Flint, I hear it. You know, Flint starts fires. Let's see. Oh well, that. Uh, don't you hate it when something is defined like this? Flinty of containing or reminiscent of Flint. Oh. <laughs> Um, okay, so of a person or their expression, very hard and unyielding. She's got an unyielding voice. A what ver- does that mean? A very, a very hard voice. Yeah, I don't. I don't like this definition. This sucks. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a very strong or unwavering or, I mean, un- unyielding. I don't know. More definitions. Do we have any uh, synonyms? Let's see. Flinty synonyms. we got to learn something. Flinty synonym. Well, oh, that's flimsy. I didn't say, oh, pff, son of a. Did you type in flimsy? Not flimsy. Well, no, the, 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 this time I did. All right. Steely, stony, cruel. Ooh, firm. That's, that's probably what we're looking. Oh, she's got this firm delivery. Oh, okay. I like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll go with that as a good as what Kramer was going for when he just it's uh it's throaty and firm. Yeah, I like that. Uh, but so but Jerry so Jerry didn't get his comeuppance. Like he would have broken up with her because she's a phone sex operator, and they broke up like that. Like the only person who really got any sort of revenge or you know got what they wanted out of this was Elaine. Like Jerry, yeah. he, 
his comeuppance would have been like, I work in the paper industry, you jerk. Like, oh, great. I blew it with another great woman because I'm, you know, so superficial. And but but no, it's like it ended the way Jerry wanted it to. Yeah. Which I thought was um, not really on trend, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely it felt weird. The ending felt weird. And I think it might be for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It's just because kind of, we're used to you know Jerry being hoisted by his own petard, as it were, and that that <laughs> didn't happen. Like it ended. It was a happy ending. A happy ending for everybody. <laughs> uh, so we get one more stand-up routine, and this is on on brand for the this particular episode. This makes sense because it's about extreme sports. Immediately, like I thought, if there was any Jerry Seinfeld bit that could be met with the. Uh, expression the modern expression okay boomer it's this one right, right here the fact he's like i don't get extreme sp- you kids in your extreme sports is like okay boomer okay um, but you know he's, he goes on to say like i mean this just just this reeks of like old man you oh, know it's God, like you kids yeah. with your bungee jumping and your skydiving and your extremes i'm like oh man but he's, he does have a couple like kind of funny like if bungee jumping is a sport so is crash uh, being a crash test dummy this is like a Wiley e. Coyote idea, which is hilarious. Like those old Wiley e. Coyote cartoons. Like if anyone invented bungee jumping, it might be him. Like tie yourself to a bridge and yeah. you'll fall and grab the Roadrunner and and go back up to the bridge. Is like that's that's kind of you know for what he does with this horrible premise is like it's not bad. Um, I like this helmet bit too. This is part of a longer bit he had about the helmet. I do know, I do remember because you know he's like if you're if you're skydiving, jumping on a plane at ten thousand feet. At that point, the helmet is wearing you for protection. <laughs> um, yeah. And and I remember this bit of his from, you know, around this era. And he had another funny line that was like, oh, yeah, about about helmet laws. He's like, we've invented laws to make a brain that is too stupid to want to protect itself wear a helmet. You know, it, it was something like that. And I always thought that was a funny premise, too. It's like you should want to wear a helmet, but instead we have these laws in place. You know, you should want to wear a seatbelt and safety gear, but instead we have to make it illegal so idiots will actually do it and wear a helmet. You know, it's like (laughs) a brain that cares so little about itself that it won't even put on a helmet. So we make these helmet laws. And so, again, it's another one of these bits that was like sort of truncated and maybe, you know, that that part... because this part was kind of funny, that helmet, the helmet's wearing you for protection. He talks about the helmet being in the helmet room, the the supply room later, talking to all his helmet friends. Like, man, I'll tell you, if that guy hadn't been there, I don't know what I would, I would have hit the ground directly or something like that. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. A lot funnier than the first one anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it didn't really have to do much to be funnier than the first one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that's pretty much it for the episode. All right. Uh, did we have any homework that popped up? throughout the episode um, yeah i'll try to talk more about zippy the pinhead maybe next time and okay. maybe uh, a little bit more about dan cortez we'll do a, <laughs> a dan cortez uh little um what do you whatever you want to call it a deep uh, dive refresher a, a, a dan yeah Cor- a dan cortez deep dive a danny deep dive that was what oh, they called God. him <laughs> that sounds like a bad porn name yeah yeah it does <laughs> danny deep dive bounce <laughs> Uh, okay, did we want to try and think of a better description? I think we can. Let's try. Okay, so we had Elaine agonizes over a woman's refusal to pass her some toilet tissue when she finds that her restroom stall is lacking. Gosh, I mean, if that's the A story, like you were saying, I mean, I think it has more to do with Elaine. Man, I don't know. This There was so much going on in this episode when you stopped to think about it. Like, I, I, I don't like that, but man, I because, I mean, we don't really see her agonize over it. You know, it's like it happens at the beginning. And then at the end, and sprinkled a little bit in the middle, it's more about her dating this guy, you know, and George being enamored with him. And 
Man, I don't know. What would you do with this? I think um, I think you can just say uh, Elaine. Elaine starts dating a guy that George is also enamored with. Yeah, I like that. And then, do we want to mention? Because like the the uh, whole man, and- oh man, the, the whole uh, toilet tissue. That's almost the side story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, Jerry dating Jane and Cra- and that whole thing with Kramer and the sex line thing. It's like that that plays into it because Jane is the toilet paper person. Elaine, man, I don't know. This is a tough one. Maybe maybe we just have to stick with their crappy one. I, I think we might have to. Yeah. Maybe um, maybe that can be some extra homework, too. We might have to leave it and come back to it at the beginning of the next episode. Um, <laughs> if, if we you know, just kind of let it marinate. And uh, I have a new respect for the writers of The Guide today. <laughs> Those, these synopses are not as easy as we've made them seem over the, seem over the past five season yeah or if uh if anybody every so often you get a stumper yeah if anybody has any suggestions for for uh, a description of the stall please let us know (laughs) yeah help us out because i I even think now that you said the title again it's kind of mistitled because so little of it has to do with that i feel like it is more about tony this is a tony episode (laughs) hey hey tony hey tony hey yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of a uh, kind of a difficult one. So we'll uh, we'll you know, like I said, let it marinate and maybe uh, come up with something next next time. Otherwise, we're just gonna have to stick with it. All right. Well, uh, next week we've got season five, episode fourteen, the marine biologist. Uh, if you're looking in TV Guide, mm. it's uh, gonna say, uh, I shit, I didn't look up the the date for the marine biologist. Do you have that by chance? Uh, e- no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Well, it's, uh, I I, I, I'm assuming, one week after the stall, uh, but we'll have that right. next week. Uh, if you're looking at TV Guide, that night, insert day here, uh, you're going to see George Wait, poses... I got it. Oh, it is oh. February, February, February 10th, 1994. Oh, whoa. Okay. So they took another like month off. Yeah, yeah they skipped forward, jeez, uh, yeah, over a month. Um, yeah. Okay, so if you're looking at TV Guide the night of February 10th, you're going to see George poses as a marine biologist guest carol kane wow i think i know who that is um I, if i'm not mistaken i think carol kane is uh isn't she well you watch kimmy schmidt she's kimmy's landlord oh my god really oh yeah yeah she's she was obviously a famous actor i don't remember from her from this episode but to reference something we talked about at the beginning the marine biologist if you can't tell is about whales so the stand-up <laughs> bit was a week early oh my god i wonder yeah. i wonder if that was an accident it sure seems like it it seems like something that got yeah mixed up in the editing room. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, the whale one's supposed to go here, and then next week the one about whales will do the thing about the public bathrooms. What? Yeah, yeah I I'm really interested to see if there's something about like public bathrooms <laughs> or extreme sports or yeah, or, yeah. or like male bimbos uh, in the stand-up scene yeah. next week. I won't be surprised. <laughs> God. All right. Well, definitely looking forward to that. And that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. Okay. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hallwell. Be good. Be good.